Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Listeners, it's Sherlock Holmes and not Watson today. Nigel Bruce is off, sick, I presume. But we have an interloper, a stranger, but an actor nonetheless that tries to work within Nigel's stylings. And boy, oh, you just realize how much you miss the <laughs> what and yes <laughs> of the deep-seated and ever-lethargic Nigel Bruce. You get to really appreciate how much Watson brings to the table when he's not around or when someone else is playing him. And I knew straight away that our guy Watson was no Nigel Bruce, but still a nice attempt. The episode also was heavily damaged, but significantly repaired. When you hear odd blips and bops, that's a reduction in damaged audio right there. And that audio would normally blow out an eardrum if not rained back to same levels of audio. I repair it for you lovelies, you get to enjoy it as if you're hearing it straight from the radio at home. Anyhow, pour yourself an Earl Grey and join me for a vintage audio drama. And now I'm sure our good friend Dr. Watson is ready for us. Come in, come in. Oh, there you are, Mr. Bartell. Good evening, Doctor. Are you all ready with tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure? I'm ready, if you are, my boy. How would you like to hear a story that took place in Italy? In Italy? <laughs> Say, you and the great Sherlock Holmes certainly did get around. What took you there, Doctor? We'd gone to Rome to investigate the sudden death of Cardinal Tosca. An inquiry, which I may tell you, Mr. Bartell, was carried out by Holmes at the express desire of His Holiness the Pope. Say, Doctor, that sounds like a uh, wonderful... No, no, Mr. Bartell, that's a story that I'm afraid I can never tell you. However, tonight's adventure took place a few days after Holmes had brought his case to a satisfactory, though somewhat terrifying, conclusion. I suggested to the great man that a short holiday would be good for us before returning to England. And so we spent some happy days browsing among the architectural treasures of old Rome. Colosseum, the Baths of Caracalla, the Forum, the wonderful ruins on the Palatine Hill. I couldn't drag Holmes away from them, Mr. Bartell. And at night time, he was able to indulge to his heart's content his great love of music. Finally, it was two nights before we were to sail for England, I remember. We went to the opera house to hear the famous Italian soprano Gina Valchese singing Verdi's Immortal La Traviata. I can hear that exquisite voice now, Mr. Bartell. As Holmes and I, seated in a box, listened spellbound to the great Valchese held her last act after. Watson, what a magnificent voice. Yes, it is, Holmes. A pity, though, that most opera stars who sing like nightingales seem to have the figures of unusually well-fed pouter pigeons. Poor woman, she must weigh at least 20 stone. Nevertheless, you mustn't refer to her as poor, my dear chap, despite her somewhat unfortunate proportions. Signora Gilda Valchese remains one of the greatest and wealthiest of contemporary sopranos. Listen to the applause. Yes, undoubtedly she'll sing an encore. We might as well go back to her dressing room now. The opera's almost over. Why are we going back to her dressing room? Because during the last intermission, I received a note from her requesting my attendance. Oh, what did the note say? Well, it seems that the lady is not too popular with certain members of the opera company. Uh, well, I've no wish to become entangled in any opera 
clash temperaments, I I confess I find myself not a little interested in meeting the lady. Shh, shh. She's going to sing a, an encore. Are you really going back to my dressing room? Certainly, my dear fellow. A summons from Gina Valdezzi is no more to be disobeyed than a royal command. I must ask you, gentlemen, not to stand outside La Valchese's dressing room. We permit no strangers, particularly foreigners. But the signora has requested our presence. Uh, <clears throat> may I ask who you are? Permit me to introduce myself, gentlemen. I am Armando Bellini, inspector of police. My name is Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, and this is my friend, Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes? Ah, oh, but this is a great honor. Uh, allow me to apologize. Here in the opera house, we have to be so careful, you understand, of intrigues. There are so many. But the Senor Holmes and his friend, I am so happy to meet you both. At headquarters, I hear wonderful reports of your work in the Cardinal Tosca affair. I should prefer not to mention that unfortunate matter, Inspector, except under conditions of extreme privacy. Oh, quite so. And behind the scenes at the opera is not the most secluded place. Uh, please to forgive me. You are waiting to see La Valchese. Yes. Oh, she is still on the stage. Uh, she has requested your presence, you say, Senor uh, Holmes? Yes, I trust the meeting is to be a social and not a professional one. We're sailing for England in a couple of days. And you came to hear the great Varchese singer before you left. Most understandable. A magnificent voice, Inspector. Mm, yes, Doctor. And still, well, I am a devout opera lover myself. Yet I cannot help but feel it's a futilize with those who can add a youth and beauty to a great voice. <laughs> ah, that's true. True, senor. But where can you find such a combination? I have found it. Here in the opera, there is a girl. She is my protege. Someday, I hope she will be my wife. At the moment, she is only understudying La Valchese. If she should ever get the opportunity of singing in her place, then a new star will be born. Oh, really? What's her name? Lisa Bordoni. She has but recently come to Rome from Milano, where she was studied with the great Alfieri. Confidentially, I think that La Barchese is so jealous of her that... Oh, here is Lisa now. And that is her brother with her. Uh, Lisa Caramia, a pleasure to join us. I... George, what a beautiful girl. What is it, Armando? Uh, permit me to present uh, the famous English detective, Senior Sherlock Holmes, and his friend, Dr. Watson. How do you do? How do you do, young lady? Glad to meet you both. This is my brother, Wally. How do you do? I certainly feel that I know a lot about you two gentlemen. No, I can't tell you how many times I've read your stories, Dr. Watson. Indeed, sir. I'm very flattered. Lisa Caramia. Uh, we were just uh, saying that in youth and beauty, combined with the voice, lies our future hope in the opera. Your day will come, Lisa Mia. Your day will come soon. I hope you're right, Armando. But as long as I understudy Gina Valchese, I don't see when I'll get my chance. <laughs> <laughs> She's disgusting and healthy. If you'll pardon my saying so, young lady, though your name is Bordoni, you and your brother don't sound in the least Italian. Well, we're not, Mr. Holmes. We're American. But to succeed in Italian opera, my sister has found that an Italian name is essential. 
So the Borden family became the Bordonis. In, in any case, my real name is Lizzie Borden. Oh, really? I'm sure you, Mr. Holmes, as a famous detective, <laughs> will see that I had to change my name. Yes, I can well understand. Uh, who was Lizzie Borden? Uh, well, my dear fellow, one of the greatest and uh, most successful of murderesses who wielded an axe with incredible dexterity. I've often regretted that I was in Tibet instead of America at the time of that particular case. <laughs> Senior Holmes, I do not understand you Anglo-Saxons. To me, a murderess is a murderess. Now, when you speak of a greatness in women, I feel... Oh, but here comes Gina Valchese now. I will introduce you. Oh, many times, but I tell you a lot. No one to stand outside my dressing room. Send them away. La Valchese is a tired. Uh, but you wish to see Senor Sherlock Holmes, the famous detective. He has come here in answer to your request. Please, permit me to present him, and also his friend, Dr. Watts. How do you do, Senor? I'm greatly honored to meet you, Senor Valchese. And now, perhaps, if we may come into your dressing room and confer privately. Perdido. What would La Valchese have to say to a detective? A minion of the police, as Vero. Go away, all of you. <laughs> well, what do you think of that? She slammed the door in my face. Waiter, waiter. Uh, si, senor. Uh, bring me some more coffee, please. Si, senor. Ah, the very pleasant dining here on the hotel terrace, I must confess. Mm, very. Amazingly warm, considering yesterday's snow. Yes, it is. Uh, later, I suggest we pay another visit to the opera and hear about Casey sing Gildan Rigoletto. Upon my soul, Holmes, it seems to me that you're astonishingly casual after the way that woman insulted you last night, <laughs> slamming the door in your face as if you were a tradesman. Shocking. <laughs> what would you have me do, my dear chap? Force my way into a, into a room, demand an apology, or have my friend challenge her to a duel in order to avenge my honor? Oh, don't try to be funny, Holmes. You know perfectly well what I mean. The lady asks you to come and see her, and when you do, she pretends she's never heard of you. And here it is nearly 24 hours later, and you've done absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> Dear old Watson, you're really quite upset over the affair, aren't you? Well... If it'll make you any happier, let me tell you, uh, I have done something about it. I'm delighted to hear it. What? This morning, I was able to obtain a specimen of Ravalcase's handwriting from an autographed picture in the possession of Inspector Bellini. I compared the writing with that on the note and I, uh, that I received in the box last night. It was, the, it was the same, proving that the message I received was authentic. Oh, in that case, why did she snub you like that? Well, something was to frighten her, I suppose. Something or someone who was standing at the dressing room door with us. Well, who was there? Inspector Bellini, Lisa Bordoni, and her brother. Precisely, my dear fellow. Therefore, we may assume that La Valchese had no wish to recognize me in their presence. But if you think that, Holmes, why haven't you been in touch with her today? She may be in some dreadful oh, danger. Oh, if she is, she can find me easily enough. And meanwhile, I'm perfectly happy to let alone. The last few weeks have been sufficiently strenuous without becoming involved in some fresh case. On my soul, Holmes, you must be tired. I've never known you to be so indifferent to a case. Great Scott. Now, why don't you, Watson, look. Walking towards us, it's Signora Valchese herself. Oh, and judging from the expression, she seems to be in some distress. Good evening, Signora. Signora Holmes, I must speak Please to you. Please sit down, aren't you? This is my colleague, Dr. Watson. How do you do? First, I must apologize for my behavior last night. It would have been dangerous if Abel Casey had acknowledged that she had to communicate with you. That's just what my friend assumed, now, madam. Please speak quite freely now, Signora. Uh, no one can overhear us. Signor Holmes, I am being persecuted. My life is in a danger. You must save me. You've been threatened. See, si. see, si, Signor. And now today, tragedy has struck. My sister, my beloved Bella, uh -huh. lies near death 
from a murderous attack. An attack that was immense for me. Good Lord, what happened, madam? If you will please to keep her quiet, a little Albert busy speak will I learn what happened. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, madam. I, these are uh, morning. These are morning. Always myself take my dog for a walk. But these are morning, I feel the trace of a cold. I ask my sister to take the dog for a walk. Please do understand that my sister is a very much like me appearance. Yes, I understand, Signora. Uh, please continue. She walk alone in the park. From nowhere. A horseman come gallop and ride her dog. These are much I learned from the traces in the snow when I worry and go to find her. Was she able to tell you who the horseman was? No. She cannot speak, Signor. They say at the hospital that her skull is a fracture. That she may not live. Signor Holmes, that attack, it was meant for me. You must protect me. Signora, I shall do everything in my oh. power to... No! No! What's wrong, madam? Somewhere there is a cat. I know it. Make it go away. I can't understand cats. They drive me mad. No, no, no. Oh, make it go away, please. I can't send them without even a thing. Shoot, 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 shoot. No. I can't see one. Uh, it must be your imagination. Mira, uh, I am sorry to make such a scene. But I cannot bear to be near a cat. I cannot tell you what it do to me. It, it may sound a no, foolish no. weakness. No, no, not at all, Signora. Such a condition is quite common. In fact, I believe medical science has given it a name. It's known as ilurophobia. Oh, whatever it is called. It makes me ill. I must go to my room. I, I cannot stand much more. My poor sister. I imagine with your sister at death's door, Signora, you will not sing tonight. Signor Holmes, I love her very much. But even a sister is only a sister. My art is my life. In an hour, Signor, I sing Gilda in a rigoletto. You will attend the performance. And afterward, you will tell a Valchese how she may trap these devils who seek to destroy her. Holmes, it's after 9.30. We've missed quite a lot of the opera. Hardly worth going to our box now. We'll just be in time to hear La Valchese sing the incomparable Caronome. Come on, old fellow. Let's slip in as quietly as we can. Well, it seems to me we should have been in our box from the beginning of the performance. She asked you to keep an eye on her. That's oh. true, old chap. But it occurred to me that an attack on her during the performance was unlikely and that our time might be more profitably spent making inquiries at the riding academy. But you drew a blank. We found no trace of that mysterious rider. No, but at least we tried. Here we are. Let's stand at the back of the theater for a few minutes. Scott. That isn't our case of singing. It's the understudy. But it is protege, the American girl, Lisa Bordoni. What a beautiful voice. I like one, but with a beautiful, wonderful range. Look here, we, we've no time to listen to her now. We must go to the Valkyrie's dressing room at once. We know she left for the theater tonight with the intention of singing. I'm very much afraid there's devil's work afoot, Watson. Doesn't she answer? Shh. Listen. There are cats inside our dressing room. Come on, Watson. Locked. Put your shoulder to it. Come on, help me. Watson, come on. Once more. Come on, again. Now, Watson, here. Great Scott, she's unconscious, Watson. See what you can do for her. 
She must have fainted with fright. Yes, some fiend, knowing her deadly fear of cats, has locked her in here with half a dozen of them. Shoot! Shoot! Off with you! Shoot! Her eyes are opening, Holmes. She's coming too. Signora Valchese. Her lips are moving. She's trying to speak. Signora Valchese, tell me, who did this to you? Great heavens! Her voice is gone. Many vicious crimes in my lifetime, Watson. But to murder a voice, a voice that was one of the treasures of the world, is as vile a killing as I've ever encountered. Dr. Watson will tell you the rest of his story in just a few seconds. And right now would be a wonderful time to try a glass of Petri California Port. In the evening after dinner... Well, any time you're taking things easy is the perfect time for Petri Port. Petri Port is a rich red wine, the kind of wine you like to sip slowly, so you won't miss a drop of its truly fine flavor. I'm not kidding when I say you owe it to yourself and your family to try Petri Port. In fact, you should try Petri Port and Petri Muscatel. So don't buy one, buy two. Buy both Port and Muscatel. Just be sure you get Petri. Because Petri wine is always good wine. Dr. Watson, so the great opera singer lost her voice when someone locked her in a room full of cats, huh? What did you and Sherlock Holmes do? We took Signor Valchese back to her hotel at once, and said she was properly taken care of. How did the understudy, uh, Lisa Bordoni, make out, Doctor? Well, the tragedy that overtook Lark Valchese gave her her great chance. She received a tremendous ovation at the close of the performance, and it seemed certain that another star had been born. But let me tell you the story just as it happened, Mr. Bartell. A little later that night, Holmes and I were once again standing on the balcony of our hotel, watching a crowd of people that had assembled in the court. You see that crowd, Watson? Yes, I suppose they've come here to acclaim the new star. No, 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 my dear fellow, that crowd isn't planning a celebration. Look at them and listen to their angry murmuring. I'm afraid there's going to be trouble. I don't like the look of it. Hello. Here comes Lisa Bordoni's brother, Wally. What's wrong, sir? Mr. Holmes. Mr. Holmes, you've got to do something. What's happened? Well, somehow the story about the cats in La Valchese's dressing room has spread. The crowd outside are saying that my sister, Lisa, planned the whole thing so that she could sing Valchese's part in the opera tonight. Where's your sister now? In a room at the hotel here. I managed to get her away from the crowd, and I locked her in. But, Mob, I'm frightened. Ah, here comes the official representative of law and order, Inspector Bellini. Wally! Wally! Where is Lisa? I was just telling Mr. Holmes that I'd locked her in a room. Well, that crowd's in a dangerous mood, Vinny. What precautions are you taking? I have thrown a cord on the police around the hotel. The mob is getting out of our hand, and Lisa must be protected. As a matter of fact, the situation is even worse than the crowd knows. I have just been told that Lavalcase's twin sister, Bella, died in the hospital tonight. That adds a murder charge. If the crowd knew about that, I'd tremble to think what might happen. Did you say that, uh, Lavalcase's sister was a... Twin, Inspector? Si, Senor Holmes. She was a her exact double in everything but voice. Indeed, how very illuminating. If you don't mind, I should like to have a few words in private with my friend, Dr. Watson. Excuse us for a moment, please. What do you make of it, Holmes? What are you, old chap? Well, the American girl seemed very charming and all that, but she might have done it. It had to be either her, her brother, or the inspector himself. They all had a motive for wanting La Valchese to lose her voice. But I say I can't understand the motive behind the murder of her twin sister. I think I can give you the answer to that question in a very few minutes. But meanwhile, the mob gets uglier and uglier. 
The only way to avert violence, Watson, is to give them quick proof and a certainty of conviction. I must go back to Bellini and the young American. I want to keep an eye on them. Meanwhile, I want you to slip out and uh, get me a cat. Cat? Uh, You'll find out soon enough. Well, what kind of a cat? Oh, any kind, but hurry. Come on, Kitty. Kitty, come on, Kitty. There's a good Kitty. Here, here. Here. What you do in a hotel kitchen, senor? Oh, you want to play with my cat? Oh, is he your cat? Charming little fellow. Uh, I'd like to borrow him for a little while. Uh, why you want to borrow my cat? Oh, I thought I'd take him up to my hotel room and have a little game with him. Uh, I've got some old socks he can play with. <laughs> Deal. The English, they are a crazy race. My cat does not like to play with the old socks. Look here. Here's 50 lira for you. Oh, no, no, no. I tell you, my cat does not like to play with old socks. My cat will stay here, and you can keep it, your money. I'll give you 100 lira. Uh, so... That you may stuff my cat full of old sugs? No. No. Give me back my cat. Oh, the Give place me... is with you. You'll get it back later. Hey, stop him. Stop him. The crazy Englishman is stealing my cat. Stop. Well, I've got the cat for you, Holmes. But I wish you'd tell me what we're doing outside Valcase's door with it. I'm going to try an experiment. We open her bedroom door softly. So. Slip the cat in. So. And close the door. Holmes. Man, what the blazes do you think you're doing? You'll drive her mad. I think not. Listen. And watch through the keyhole if you can. Go away. Holmes, her voice. It's come back. Yes, I thought it might. I can see her through the keyhole. She's picking the cat up by the scruff of its neck. She's walking toward the balcony. Yes, and towards the crowds down below. An excellent opportunity for a public confession. Come on. Stella? What do you want? I charge you with the murder of your sister, the great singer, Valkese. It was a magnificent, Senor Holmes, a magnificent. The way you forced her to confess on the balcony in a full side of the mouth. And so you saved Lisa. I can't thank you enough, Mr. Holmes. Nor can I. Though I still don't see how you guessed. She looked so much like her sister that she fooled even me, her understudy. Yes, it was an extremely cunning plot, Miss Bordone. The real Valchese sent me that note last night. When I met her at the dressing room door, she denied having sent for me because the three of you were there. I suppose that she suspect the one of us. Oh, yes, obviously. And later, no doubt, she told her twin sister, Bella, about having sent me the message and also announced her intention of coming to see me. Bella saw her opportunity, murdered La Valchese, assumed her identity, and to give added realism to her role, followed through with her sister's plan by coming to see me today. But I still don't understand this business, Mr. Holmes. Why did the twin sister lock herself in her dressing room and fill it with cats? What did it accomplish? It gave me the chance to see him. Yes, that's true. Which is why Watson felt certain the criminal must be you, your brother, or Signor Bellini. But you see, the episode with the cats accomplished one other thing. It made it plausible that the great Valchese should never sing again. 
To whose advantage would that be? An imposter, of course. In the person of a twin sister who could not sing and who must surely end her sister's great will. Exactly, my dear fellow. As soon as I knew they were twin sisters and everything but voice, it became more than a possibility. It became probability, but it had to be tested. That's why I sent for the cat, Watson. When the sister, thinking herself unobserved, exhibited no terror for cats, well, it became a certainty. Upon my soul, Holmes, this is as fantastic a plot as ever we've met. A diabolical plan, Watson. And I'm only thankful, Miss Bordoni, that we were able to expose it before the crowd reached you tonight. I don't know what I can ever do to repay you, Mr. Holmes. Oh, that won't be hard, my dear. A box of Cotton Garden for your London debut would be, uh, well, an ample repayment. And from what I hear of your reception in Rigoletto tonight, I shan't have to wait very long for that reward, eh? It's a promise, Mr. Thank Holmes. You. Come in. Oh, excuse me, please. All over the hotel, I look up for my cat. I say to myself, there he is. He's stealing my cat. Inspector Bellino, you arrest him. He tried to bribe me, and then he ran away with the cat and fill him full of old English socks. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Doctor, I'd sure like to have a picture of you running away with that fellow's cat under your arm. <laughs> you, a cat stealer. It's not a bit funny, Mr. Bartell. <laughs> Believe me, it was most embarrassing. I know. But it was all for a good cause, and I think you were splendid about the whole thing. Uh, incidentally, how'd you happen to look for a cat in the hotel kitchen? Oh, there's usually one round the back door of the kitchen. Haven't you ever wandered? Uh, well, uh, backstage in a hotel? Fascinating. Oh, of course I have, but, uh, I've never been in a hotel kitchen. Then where were you? In the wine cellar. I should have known. Yes, doctor, I like to look at bottles of Petri wine, because when I see a Petri wine, I know I'm looking at a good wine. And Petri wine is good because of the Petri family. The Petri family first started making fine wine before the beginning of this century, generations ago. Since then, winemaking has been their heritage, handed on down from father to son. So you can take it for granted that the Petri family really knows how to turn luscious, sun-ripened grapes into clear, fragrant, delicious wine. And you can take it for granted, too, that the name Petri on a bottle of wine is more than a, a trademark. It's a personal assurance of the Petri family Every drop of wine in that bottle is good wine. You just can't go wrong with Petri wine because Petri took time to bring you good wine. Well, Dr. Watson, what story are you planning to tell us next week? Next week, Mr. Bartell, I'm going to tell you a strange adventure that Holmes and I had many, many years ago. It concerns a young girl, the mutilation of her doll, and the tragedy that overtook a certain wise woman from the mountains. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and was suggested by an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Adventure of Black Peter. Music is by Dean Fossler. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. And tonight, Dr. Watson was played by Mr. Eric Snowden, who substituted for Mr. Nigel Bruce. Mr. Bruce is scheduled to return to the program next week. Wine Company of San Francisco, California invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios.
the murderous twin sister. Bottled up jealousy, exploding into reality with a stabity stab stab and a rippity rip rip. And although she may look like her sister, she most certainly could not sing like her. And the constant flow of cats, yikes, that would have definitely taken its toll. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's repaired and remastered audio. If you would like to support this show, visit my Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT and become one of my T-Army members. And on Patreon, you can support me directly there. Also, if you have a couple of seconds spare, leave an iTunes or a podcast review to bring people like yourself to this podcast. Because you people are amazing. Now, it's time for my brilliant... Patreons. First up, my Ode Knight T Titan, Mitochondria Maya, the powerhouse of this podcast, and queen of all felines. Thank you immensely, mate, for your support. This month, I'm putting your donations straight back into stocking up for paying actors, as this weekend I'll be slicing and dicing up my own scripts for the show. I'm also putting this support aside for the usual annual subscription that haunts this show, production costs, ugh, but thanks to you, that ugh is more like a, ah. Because costs are no longer an issue like that. Thank you, Maya, for being so damn top-notch and allowing me to focus on production instead of the cost of production. You're amazing. My white tea warlord, Leza the Laser, pinpoint accuracy when it comes to supporting this show and me. Thank you, mate, for being fantastic and helping the show do different topics and research different genres. With your support, I'm able to try different things, pay people for research, believe it or not, and use different kinds of plugins. Thanks, man, for being yourself. Bloody awesome. And my second white tea warlord, because I'm lucky enough to have two, Pages Rockosaurus. Paige, I got your awesome message, and I'm making time this weekend to read through and have a blast in absorbing your update. Thanks to you, Paige. Not only do I get a pep in my step from your lovely updates, but I'm able to enhance my hardware. The pop filter came in, but they sent the wrong one. No big deal, but that means more wait time. Can't wait, though, to get it, and they've expedited my delivery. So there's a silver lining there, I guess. Thank you, Paige, for making it possible to add more oomph to this podcast. And my epic Earl Grey enforcers that are the lightning in this podcast's bottle. Chad Warren, Just Heather, Deuce Box Andy, Peter Raffaele, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Tea Time Drinker 1, Divided by Zero, and Leah Fassig. You're all marvelous, special people. Never forget that, mates. Have a brilliant Monday, and I'll see you Wednesday for storytelling time. And as always, Till next, we meet.